From years of anxiety to warrior and mentor, Bradley Robinson created the Anxiety Project to help you end your anxiety naturally. Let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Anxiety Project podcast. This one, episode 248. Let's dive into anxiety symptoms and sensations. This is a big one. And I say that to with all the episodes. It's a big one. Yeah, of course. But we all know someone suffering from anxiety. You might be the one suffering. You might be here trying to understand what you're contending with. But Share this with somebody else you know because they feel trapped in anxiety. I understand. I was there. I did suffer from anxiety. It snowballed into agoraphobia. and it, it felt like I was shackled to myself, but I felt like I was in a corner in the unknown, like swimming out in the ocean and not having a life preserver to grab onto. It is hell, really. And so... Today, I hope to shine more of a light on the unknown that is surrounding you. And that, in particular, is heart palpitations. But I'm going to expand outwards from heart palpitations as well because there are a wide range of symptoms associated with anxiety. So many people who come to me for coaching they say the same things. They say, I feel trapped. I feel like I'm constantly constantly in a cycle of worry and, and obsessing. And what do I do about that? And so I find that talking to someone, especially someone who went through the same problem you're contending with and overcame it, is really important to unravel the layers of the worry and the concern because you will find that when you start to talk about this, layers will unravel themselves. Things will present themselves. Things will connect. And the worry will lessen and you will develop a structure and a plan of action to overcome the unknown. People need a plan. If we are flailing about in our lives, that's when things become hell. And it becomes hell very, very rapidly when you're flailing about. Oh my God, I was doing that a lot in my 20s. And that's how the anxiety came about. A lot of neglect, a lot of my, I was neglecting so much of myself and responsibility and my health and the dragon built up from there. But I do want to say before we dive into the episode, head on over to the YouTube channel because I post videos weekly all about anxiety, self-development, self-improvement, and I'm not hiding anything on my channel. Everything that I share with you are things that I learned from not only the courses I took, CBT, NLP, um, and uh, personality courses I, I took, but also how I got through the anxiety, how I managed to add order and structure in my life, how I managed to overcome severe agoraphobia, health anxiety. And I just tell you guys, I I don't hide anything from you. I say, this is what you need to do. This is what happens. And I love to explore all areas of the psyche because I was 
what can what can you say? I was I was trapped in a, in hell, and so I am passionate about the mind. I'm passionate about who we can become because I became someone I would I never dreamed of becoming. Really, I was a quitter. I was a scared, socially anxious person with so much fear and dread, shaking my fist up to the heavens, saying, like, why me? Like, what? playing the victim. And there is a way out of that. But this podcast is grounded in a question that came in from Mark. He says... I find that I really get pulled into a spiral of worry when I focus in on a particular sensation, mostly heart palpitations. How can I prevent it from going too far? Well, thanks, Mark, for the question. Um, You guys can send me any question via unpluganxiety.com or on the YouTube page. This is a community. We all want to get better. No coping on this channel. Let's strive to be better than we are, rising above anxiety. Now, Mark, here's what you need to understand. Your reaction, your reaction of concern to the particular sensation is an indicator that you are in need of understanding this unknown phenomena that has risen up within you and in, in your existence. Like the chimpanzees who hit the trees when a snake slithers into their environment and they're continuously focusing in on the snake until it leaves. They're hypnotized by it. Now you gotta wonder, like, what's going on there? Why are they hypnotized by a snake? Well, you will be. If there was a wolf lurking or a bear lurking in your backyard, what do you do? You just by the window staring at it. Or if you like try going to bed knowing that there's a snake in behind your refrigerator, just try and go to bed knowing that that snake is there. There's no way you're going to bed, right? And it makes sense. But imagine the snake being within you, okay, well, to master that, you have to explore it. It's like, there's a story in the Bible where they put a snake on like a totem or a a scepter in the middle of the town square, and, and the reason why they put the snake there was so that the people of the town could go and look at the snake and study the snake. You have to confront the thing that makes you fearful and uneasy and study it. You have to master the thing that has yet to be mastered. And that's Carl Jung's dictum, to go into the unknown, to go into the darkness, and that's where you're going to find truth and salvation and that's where you're going to be better than you are so how do you solve the problem of this uncontrollable unknown lurking within you the snake within you that has popped up so mark is this a sign that it could 
do me in in the future? Is this a sign that I could potentially die? And so no wonder you're paying attention to it. Well, learn about heart palpitations. You have to explore this thing that has yet to be mastered, right? Learn about it. You know, a lot of people come to my channel and say, man, I'm obsessed with the information. And I'm like, okay, well, that, that makes sense. Because when I was suffering, when I was in hell, I was hungry for the answers. I was so hungry that as soon as they came about, I was obsessing about how to ov overcome hell because uh, I didn't want to be there anymore. And so a lot of people continuously watch the podcast and watch the videos because they're so hungry for... They're hungry for the certainty that is non-existent in their lives, the life preserver. And so the first thing I do want to say, Mark, is it's always good, and to everybody listening, it's always good to see your doctor. If you have a concern, a health concern, go there. Rule out anything that is evident. And you want to add as much certainty as you can. But then here's the problem, though. When you come back home, usually the, if, if, if the symptom, the root of the symptom is not resolved, you come back from the doctors and it's there. But then your doctor says, and I get this all the time from my clients, the doctors say, hey, you know, everything's okay, but I still feel bad when I'm at home. And that's when the worry can snowball out of control. But do you want to know the two biggest factors, Mark, for heart palpitations? Listen to this. Panic attacks and stress. Those are the two big causes. But the root... The root needs to be dealt with rather than the palpitations per se. Health anxiety becomes a vicious cycle. Stress causes unknown body sensations and that causes panic. You fall on an, on an external crutch to numb, soothe, and distract you, which relieves anxiety for the moment, but when the stress returns, so does the sensation, which again produces the fear and it becomes a vicious loop. So without solving the underlying stress, this stress, well, the sensations and the, the fear only persists and you keep walking down this very hellish road. And so the next thing you know you are avoiding places, right? You're avoiding places that bring about this feeling of being trapped because now this sensation arises out in a public space and you are away from emergency personnel and also the, you have this strong fear of being judged by other people. And so, oh my God, like how do you contend with all of these fears 
at one time and you retreat back home into your safe place. And so now you are shrinking your world so damn small to the point where eventually you won't even leave your house. And then the snake slithers into your own bedroom and even at home, it becomes hell. The dragon looms over you like this shadow, this deep, dark shadow that you have to confront. And Carl Jung says it best. He's like, you have to explore the shadow, the things that you don't want to contend with, the things looming in the dark parts of your psyche, the fears. And you have to contend with that so that you can find out you're more than you are. You can handle it if you choose to voluntarily confront it. And so you have to learn how to be uncomfortable in those situations and not run away. And a podcast that I, re I recommend, an episode you have to listen to, is episode 222, The 123 Guide to Panic Attacks. Keep that podcast in your back pocket so when you are in panic, you listen to the podcast and you implement the strategies. Okay, it's really important because you don't want to shrink your world down smaller than it already is. You want to confront the fear so that you can expand your competency and so that you build on your bravery rather than your fears. Because someone who retreats, they're building on their fears. Change is the story, Mark, in that moment that produces the anxiety. So when the heart palpitations come about, you're telling yourself a story. For me, I remember saying, oh no, or oh God, what is this? And then running to Dr. Google, running to a family member, running to my doctor. And yes, it becomes a vicious cycle because we're telling us, we're telling ourselves a story. We may not even recognize it, but the words are there. It's there because now, Mark, you know from this episode the reasons behind your palpitations. Yeah, there are many reasons, and Dr. Google, Google can facilitate the real big fears, right? Oh, my God, heart palpitations is linked to, what, heart disease and um, all these other uh, possibilities. But you already went to your doctor, Right. And they ruled out heart disease and these major factors. So what else could it be? Well, you know, I am feeling stressed. You got to really be honest with yourself. That's also a big part of this. Are you stressed? Are you obsessing continuously over your symptoms? Because if you are obsessing, that is a sign of stress, right? Of course, you're going to be stressed out if you're continuously hyper-focused on that. And, and be honest with how you feel. Do you feel tense? Do you feel overworked? Do you feel like you have so much on your plate? You're trying to juggle so many things at once. How's your breathing like? Right? What's your day-to-day -day like? Are you sleeping okay? Or do you have night terrors? Are you treating yourself with much love and care? Like someone you actually care about? Really look in on yourself and you have to be real. So... Maybe you went to the gym. Maybe you, it, maybe no wonder your heart is beating so fast. You had a vicious workout. Maybe you're dehydrated. Add some electrolytes into your day-to-day -day routine. Maybe you drank too much coffee. So that's increasing the fuel within the body. And 
Lastly, look at your plate. Do you have too much? Are you over-consuming day to day? And then you have to treat yourself like someone you give a damn about. That's the big thing. and That's the difficult thing. A lot of people don't want to or they feel like treating themselves is watching Netflix or treating themselves as having a glass of wine or three or treating themselves as going and getting a donut. It's like, no, that's not what I mean. And of course, if you're not being real with yourself, you're going to fall into those temptations. But let's get into what improves anxiety symptoms. First thing, being on a really healthy diet, it changed my life. And it changes the people I know who go on this diet, a ketogenic, low-carb diet. Really important, animal-based diet with very few carbohydrates, keeping the limit of carbohydrates to 50 grams max a day. So getting rid of sugar, getting rid of um, complex carbohydrates like grains, getting rid of a lot of vegetables for people, it, it seems to improve their health, which is not surprising when you actually read about that stuff. Um, there, I did do a podcast on, on a, a diet for anxiety, and I talked more about a ketogenic diet in that episode. I can't remember which episode, but if you scroll, it's not too far back, scroll and you, you can find that quite easily. And you can type it in at Google as well. But a low carb diet, really important. Um, I eat uh, healthy, like healthy fatty meat, like ground beef, um, you know, sardines, very healthy, um, grass fed butter. Um, I eat bacon, eggs, um, getting rid of vegetable oils, really, really important. Um, anything else I eat, I eat very strictly. So mostly animal-based, mostly cow, steaks, yeah, two meals a day, not over-consuming, but fasting for around 17 hours a day helps because I don't just fast because, you know, it, it's a challenge. I actually fast because I'm not hungry because I'm eating very dense, rich foods, and I'm not hungry. I'm not, and that's why I'm not even eating. Because if you're hungry on an animal-based diet, that means you're not eating enough. So a diet is really important for anxiety, really. If you're eating cereals, if you're eating like those uh, Nutri-Grain bars or those nut bars, or the, you know, if you're snacking throughout the day, if you are eating sugar, if you're eating just, you know, and carbohydrates, it's going to cause anxiety. It will, because I've noticed when I introduced carbs later while, while I was on keto, I, I felt worse. I felt more depressed. I felt more anxious, uneasy, and I could feel my mental state declining. And so when I, the more I lessened my carbohydrate intake, the better I felt, more energized, better sleeps, better state of mind. And then writing out your to-do list will help ease anxiety. And writing out your worries, what's on your mind, you have to get that out onto paper. 
also talking to somebody about it really helps. So that's why a lot of people come to me for coaching. They feel better when they can talk this out with somebody. Separating yourself from stimuli like TV and the phone. This helps with anxiety. A lot of people who have health anxiety, when they watch violent shows, it triggers their health anxiety. So taking a break from that and improving on your mental state, very, very important. Also exercise, whether it's going out for a walk or going to the gym, just getting away from the stimuli and just treating yourself like you, it's, you're someone you care about. Releasing that tension because when your body is stressed, your body's tense. It needs to, it needs to release all of this built-up energy. Go for a walk. Go to the gym. Do something active. Play with your kids. Um, I don't know. Do something. Go for a swim. Go to the rec complex. Find something you enjoy and be active. Also, videos and podcasts about self-improvement, about the problem you are contending with, helps people relieve their anxiety. Because the more information you consume, the more you understand what is happening internally and what you can do about it. And then, I want you to listen to episode 2 47 of the Anxiety Project podcast. The, the last week's episode about minimalism, why reducing the amount of to-dos and not just material possessions you own, cleaning up your house, cleaning up um, the, the things around you, but also why minimizing the TV and toxic relationships and uh, toxic foods helps ease anxiety the reasons behind that so go after this episode go listen to that one to go back to the unknown let's look into that sensation once more okay because we have this sensation that pops up it's overwhelming we don't know what it is it's causing a lot of confusion and uncertainty and why the mind jumps up to the worst case level of abstraction is because it has no representation of what the sensation could mean other than it's the end of Brad. It's the end of Mark. It's the end, right? It's going to do you in. And so the mind generates that because it doesn't have any other representation of it. It's just... Oh my God, heart palpitation. Uh-oh, uh, my heart is not good. I'm going to die. The right hemisphere of the brain is for dealing with abstract representations of what lurks in uncertainty. Because when you're a child and you go into the crawl space, what does your mind generate? Bugs, rodents, this, that, monsters, an amalgamation of what could do you in. It's like, yeah, it's like or when you stick your hand into a room to turn on a light switch, the mind generates a burglar, generates the, and the possibilities of what could do you in in the dark, in the darkness. 
So that, that's what's happening in the right hemisphere. It's formulating possibilities of what's in the unknown. Then we can easily become caught up. We can invest so much of our energy into those images and it produces anxiety. But this is what's important, okay? The left hemisphere helps us to rationalize and formulate a plan in this unknown space. How do we solve the problem in the unknown? And we can rationalize the abstractions produced by the right hemisphere. How are you talking to yourself? So for me, I ask, well, what else could this sensation mean? Did my doctor not already conclude that there are no evident concerns? Or if you're tempted to go on Dr. Google, ask yourself, is this the best plan of action for me? Is this going to make things worse or better for me? Because someone with health anxiety, they're expecting, because that level of abstraction of, you know, this heart palpitation is going to do me in. Okay, well, they already, they're already on the level of worst case scenario. So then when you go to Google, you're going to fixate on the worst case scenario Google has to offer because you're going to see heart palpitation is because of stress and you're going to feel like, okay, stress, that's pretty good. You know, I can deal with stress, but then your mind, your eyes will flicker over to heart disease and then your mind will go, oh, that's the one because my mind is, is already there. It's already expecting the worst case scenario. So it's going to fixate on the worst case scenario. That's your reticular activating system at doing its thing, right? It's you're going to pay attention to what's relevant. And the worst case scenario, man, like, hey, maybe we should pay attention to that because, well, you know, that's possible. It's like, well, yeah, of course it's possible, but is this the route you really want to go down? It's like, no, of course not. Because, of course, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Life is uncertain. But if you're in a, in a state of total chaos, everything in your life is unbalanced. Your sleep, your diet, your, your to-do lists, um, lack of exercise. You're so disconnected from your biological necessities that you have a hard time you know, functioning normally, I guess you can say, in existence, right? And yeah, of course. But also, in the midst of panic, the amygdala takes over all brain processes and you feel out of control. When you're in stress mode, these ancient systems are working unconsciously and are more, let's say, they are more sophisticated than any anything else. 
So to think that you have control over it is foolish, but you can make the right sacrifices daily so that the ancient systems don't have to activate as much as they need to. Because when they're active, you're going to wear yourself out to a crisp, especially over time, because it it burns a l- much of your resources and it wears you out emotionally and physically. But now I really want to dive into the other symptoms of anxiety because this you need to know. Because if it's not the heart palpitations, it's going to be something else. It could be the hyperventilation. So that's shallow breathing. Muscles need the oxygen for a quick response. Or there's rapid heartbeat. Blood is flowing to the brain and limbs. Also adrenaline for the reflexive response, right? To act in the dangerous situation. Nausea, stress hormones alter food digestion. And muscle tension can elicit nausea. Sweating, blood, the, oh, sorry, body temperature rises and the body is cooling itself. Feeling out of control. The amygdala takes over. It's in the driver's seat now. That's your fear response. It takes over so that you can appropriately respond to any perceived danger. Constant urination or bowel movements. The abdomen muscles tend to also tighten, leading to this urge to urinate continuously. And then body zaps. Body zaps, quite obvious. Muscle tension. So you can see the link of muscle tension throughout all of these sensations. The body is tight, tight, right? And then you have to avoid Dr. Google because this is a black hole of uncertainty. One symptom, one symptom can have 50 plus causes. So if the brain is looking to make sense of a problem, like so, so for example, a body ache or a pain, then Google is going to add more uncertainty to the already existing confusion. Because think about it. You're looking for an answer to the problem. So you go on Google. But then Google, what does it do? Well, there's 50 plus outcomes to something like heart palpitation. There's 50 plus outcomes to a pain in the side. It's like, how are you going to solve the problem now with all of these other possibilities? It's overwhelming and you spiral. So I recommend that you go back, re-listen to this episode, implement the strategies I mentioned, and continuously strive to improve your daily rituals and routines so that they support a healthy, stronger you. Because I view anxiety as a sign that there is a problem that needs to be solved. Things aren't working right now, and you, re- and you have to reconstitute your frame 
of operation in the world. And you might have to add a few things into your existence to calm down and, and, and solve because maybe it's a job problem. Maybe it's a relationship problem. Maybe it's a, a weight problem. Maybe it's a health, some sort of health problem. Maybe it's, I don't know, it could be a friend problem, relative problem. There are problems here. Address them. Work through them. Because anxiety is a sign that things are out of whack and that there is something that to be solved. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Thank you, everyone, for being a supporter, for being here. Make sure you go to the YouTube channel and you scroll through the hundreds of videos I have pertaining to anxiety, health anxiety, agoraphobia, depersonalization, social anxiety, uh, anything, right? Archetypes, the hero archetype, how to function properly in the unknown. Lastly, rise above anxiety. I'll see you next time. Brad's Powerful Anxiety Recovery Program is now available at unpluganxiety.com. The Anxiety Project Program is downloadable and puts the power of anxiety recovery in your own hands. Visit unpluganxiety.com for more details. Recovery starts now.